Hi friends, welcome to the Grace-Based Families podcast. At Grace-Based Families, we are all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives. And this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tooker. Find out more about the book and pre-order at graceatworkbook.com. Now on to the Grace Based Families podcast. Hey, Karis. Hey, Michelle. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects besides food, sports. Okay. <laughs> like, I well, I have reality shows, food, and sports. And sports. Yes. Those, are, those are your <laughs> main interests. Yeah, those yeah. are my main things. And um, I know we've talked about sports a little bit before. This one is just going to be more broad, how to help your kids get the most out of sports. I know your girls have played sports. Yes. Um, I played sports. Our kids play sports. Um, there's just a, re- a lot of great character qualities that you can pull out. Out. And so we just want to draw that out of everyone today. But um, you always crack me up. You're like, uh, sports are not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you appreciate I, them. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, like I always say, I love my sons. I mm-hmm. love watching basketball. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I for sure appreciate sports. I never was a like, well, I mean, I attempted team sports it wasn't yeah. for lack of trying but yeah. i just you know gravitated to the arts uh, yes yeah, you are I'm good at other things yes and, and i'm not so and, uh, the, the, <laughs> was not one of those things i did track and field which is pretty i mean you are on a team but it's a lot more individual yeah um and i tried to play basketball when i was younger and really the only um score I ever uh, the only scoring I I ever did was this like beautiful hook shot like perfect swish yeah in the wrong basket oh because that's awful it was just after we had just changed sides after yeah half-time. that's confusing okay, and yeah. I just could I I was like why is the other team just like it was like the parting of the Red Sea <laughs> and then all of my other teammates are yelling and I think they're cheering you know I yeah, just in like, my no. mind it's like <sighs> I think they're cheering me on. They're like, no. Yeah. So (laughs) that was my experience with team sports. Yeah. But yeah, my girls have both played lacrosse and um, one of them's played volleyball. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, sports are great. It is. It's it's a lot of fun. I I mainly did the sports. Well, I am competitive. Um, But I just love the social aspect of it. Yeah. So I tried it and it wasn't as... Too chatsy. It was not chatsy enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, just go out there running by myself. That's meets terrible. Are long. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You're there a long and time. And I don't if, like outside hot sports. If you go I to. Right. <laughs> well, I think anywhere else in the country, like yeah. track and field, it's like a beautiful time of year, yeah. maybe even a little cold. Here in Phoenix, oh, in Arizona. It's like, like August. It's 120. <laughs> well, we did. Yeah. Cross country is like at the beginning of the year when it's mm-hmm. August, September horrible time. There's no stupider place on earth yeah. than August and September in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Um, and then in the spring, they do track and field. And by that time, you're already getting triple digit temperatures. Yeah. And so I just was so grateful that my daughters never did track yeah. and field to any significant right. degree because I felt so bad for those parents. They're out there with like giant 
um, like jugs of water, oh, yeah. um, Gatorade containers, and then like easy ups <laughs> oh, yes. and like portable battery powered fans. Oh. And I'm just like, this is no. too much. Yeah. Not so, fun in Arizona, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and if you're tracking with us, we, we've done an episode where we talked about um, just sort of keeping the the uh, the team sport and the club sport um, kind of perspective in balance as mm-hmm. we make decisions about our family and how we spend our time. And, yeah. and um, so if you heard that episode, um, hopefully you don't think that we're in any way anti-sports. We're not, mm-hmm. I, you know, and especially Michelle, it's been a big part of your life. And I know it's a big mm-hmm. part of your son's lives and yeah. your husband coaches mm-hmm. um, their basketball team. And yeah. so um, you spend yeah. a lot of time, uh, you yeah. know, watching all th- all four of your boys, actually your husband and your three boys <laughs> yeah. playing sports and yes. how important that's been for their relationship. Yeah, it's been really fun to see my husband get to coach our boys through the years and um, get to know a lot of the our son's friends through that and just build real good community so yeah yeah so let's kick this off with how to get the most out of organized sports um the first idea we have is avoid keeping stats on your kids performance i remember reading on facebook or some article before we even had kids or they were really young the best thing you can say to your kids after you you know attend one of their meets or a game um, regardless of how they played it was i loved watching you play Instead of critique, hey, you know what? You missed a lot of your layups. You dropped a few passes. Like, you need to get better at your serving, whatever it is. Just, I loved watching you play. So it's not performance-based. It's about supporting that kid instead of... Sometimes as parents, we get really wrapped up in the success fantasy, right? Right. That we talk a lot about here at Grace Based Families. Um, But really, we just want to keep encouraging our kid to play hard, play fair, um, be passionate, have fun. Yeah. Be a good team member. And it's just, it's supposed to be really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't Those are the important things. And, you know, I think as they, maybe as they start to get older, maybe they're more, you know, the age of like high schooler and they're mm-hmm. playing. I do think there's, there's room as a parent to do a little coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give feedback. You know, give yeah. some feedback. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, it just has to be done really carefully, I think, because that relationship between us and our kids is a unique one that they don't have with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And they have a level a level of vulnerability and tenderness to what we say to them mm-hmm. and um, that, that just doesn't really exist in any other relationship. So that's a really good time to just sort of defer to their coach, mm-hmm. let their coach coach them yeah. and as parents just be there to give them unconditional support mm-hmm. yep um okay speaking of coaches our our second um suggestion on how to get the most out of organized sports is to always encourage your children to respect and obey the coach regardless of the coach's effectiveness right mm-hmm. um because i think it's it's a really good life lesson like yeah. they're going to have people who are in authority over them and especially if they're playing on a team where the coach is a volunteer mm-hmm. or maybe they're paid but it's compared to the amount of time and effort and energy that it takes to run a team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just really important to to really require and just make it the uh, kind of the the family code that you're expected to show respect to your coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even if you disagree with them, there's always respectful (laughs) ways to approach them and you can coach your kids through that. Um, But along those lines, same with coach, you know, in a lot of sports, 
I just saw something in Arizona, actually. There's like a coalition of referees and umpires that Mm -hmm. are saying like, we are getting attacked in the parking lots after these games. These parents are crazy. So this coalition is coming up with some new rules and laws to protect referees. So again, this is another uh, suggestion is just never scold referees, umpires regarding the calls they made. Like I know it's funny. My husband's coaching, well, a couple of our kids' teams. But um, afterward, there's this this one boy on the, the one basketball team. And afterward, he also comes up and he's like, oh, those refs. You know, the new phrase is dog water. That ref, those refs were dog water. Oh, they <laughs> missed every play, or every call. That kid was traveling, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and my husband or whoever is coaching is usually very quick to say, don't ever blame it on the refs. Yeah. You never lose because of a ref. I mean, maybe that's speaking in hyperbole. But the the point is, even if you think a bad call has been made, don't argue with a ref. Just move yeah. on. Parents, kids, you have to remember it's just a game. And most of the time, these refs are paid $12 an hour and they're high school kids and they're doing the best they can. Right. <laughs> and they're human. You yeah. know, they... they their perspective is different from our sitting in the stands. They're mm-hmm. seeing things from a different angle and they can't possibly see everything, you know. Yeah. And so I just think it's it's good sportsmanship and we need to model that for our kids. Right. You know, teach them how to have good sportsmanship. That's one of the great things about sports. Yeah. And that's one of the, I think, kind of shining beacons of why sport is so important is it teaches us how to you know, face adversity, mm-hmm. how to be around lots of different people who are different than us and have different perspectives am- than us. And so yeah. it's really important that we set the example for our kids mm-hmm. um, and how, how to respond if we think a bad call has been made. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, a, a fourth suggestion is to avoid getting involved in any disparaging discussions with other parents about whether it's about the coaches or other athletes, officials, umpires, or even some of the other parents. Um, I think it's important that we, you know, if we're believers and we're on a team with a lot of different types of people, it's an opportunity for us to live out the way of Jesus Mm -hmm. and to be kind and understanding and to give support to those people who, especially the people who are giving their time and their energy to make that activity happen for our kids, the umpires, the coaches, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the volunteer parents who bring the snacks and things like that. Yeah. And it is hard because there's a lot of passion behind sports. There's so much competition. You want to win. And so it's easy to to talk bad. Like, why is that kid playing over my kid? Or that other team, like, that's not right. That kid is totally playing um, uh, you know, playing in a lower age bracket. He's totally older. I want to see right. his birth certificate. Like, right. you, you hear all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh. Because yeah. if you start acting like that, then your kids start talking right. like that. Right? They, they pick that up from mm-hmm. us. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, in the grand scheme of things, we really need to keep things in perspective. Right. Right. Because the majority of these kids are not going to go on and be professional athletes and be paid for their no. talents. And some might. And that's great. But right now, it's about learning these intangible right. character qualities. Of well, and it, hard if work. they yeah. do go on, yeah. which it, they won't. But if they do, <laughs> they especially need these skills in oh, place. Yes. Yep. Right? Absolutely. For either playing in college or playing professionally. Mm-hmm. They need to know these things because they are they are going to be on teams with players they may be 
don't get along with. They're going to have coaches that they don't always agree with. They're going to have lots of referees that are going to make calls that they don't agree with. Mm -hmm. This is how it goes. Yeah, and recruiters and college coaches are looking at how do you respond when things don't go your way? Right. They don't want someone that's going to be a liability on their team yeah. if you blow your cool or act frustrated every time. So yeah, teaching. They're, they're, I mean, they're looking at a talent pool of a lot of talented athletes. Yeah. And they're, the things that are going to differentiate your child potentially are mm-hmm. going to be either is going to be their sportsmanship, their attitude mm-hmm. and, and and what they put into their yeah. their play. Absolutely. Um, I think one thing that's been really hard for us is we have a kid that is not particularly competitive or athletic, which is totally fine. But he, we said, you need to be involved in something. I don't care if it's guitar or whatever, gardening club. And he said he wanted to do baseball. I now loathe baseball because it, it, I think there was like 97 games jammed into two month period. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking. Baseball season is long. And so long. Games the are games long. are long. And when they're eight years old, like they're so slow. They're so boring. So we signed this kid up, and after like day one, he's just like, I don't like it. I want to quit. I'm like, nope. We're gonna we're gonna see this through. We've made a commitment to the season. This is what you wanted to do. So we are gonna finish this out. I will tell you. That was the longest two months of my life, arguing <laughs> over jamming a foot in a cleat and, you know, my my helmet's too tight, tears. I'm like, I don't care. We must finish this commitment. And like, he will never do baseball again. But I feel yeah. like a sense of accomplishment that we, we finished this terribly awful long baseball season. But really, I think not quitting such great practice for the future. Yeah. Just think about how many times we're going to want to quit college, give up on a, a spouse, uh, throw in the towel on a job when really you can fight through a lot of these things, you know? Yeah. Hi listeners, Kelly Wirt here with Grace-Based Families. I wanted to break into this episode and tell you about a great new podcast series we're launching called the Grace at Work mini series. This series of episodes is going to focus specifically on how we bring grace-based living into our professional lives. We spend so much of our lives at work, whether it's in the home, outside the home, or running our own businesses. And our experiences of work can define every other area of our lives, including our marriages and parenting. That's why it's so important that we talk about creating a culture of grace in our workplaces. We invite you to join us for these important conversations and please share them with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work. Now on to the Grace-Based Families podcast. And um, my husband also said, I'm sure he's taking it from some, I don't know, ESPN special. But when the kids are like struggling in a sport that he's coaching or they want to quit or whatever, he also says, well, are you hurt or are you injured? Because mm-hmm. if you're hurt, you shake it off or you take a minute and you compose yourself, whether it's your ego, your pride, your, you know, I jammed my finger. I need my mo-. No, yeah. you're, you're not you can play hurt yeah if you're injured we need to like go to the trainer go to the er or something and same in life right like if if we make a commitment to something there's gonna be hurts along the way and we have to push through that now 
I am speaking again in exaggeration. If there is an a, abuse on a team or something, right? <laughs> big, obviously. extreme examples is not yes. what we're talking That's about. Not we're, what talking we're talking about, about the run of the mill. You know, kids wanting to quit things that they yeah, start because it, it turns out they're hard, and or, maybe they yeah. don't like them, or they're not know. getting enough playing time, or yeah. who cares? Sorry, and, and as parents, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it makes sense to make a kid do something long term that they don't want to do, mm-hmm. but. They've signed up for a team, and that team formed around the people who signed up. And for them to drop out really isn't fair to the coaches and the team, and maybe the people who didn't get to play on the team because they had that slot. And so Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, when it's a short term time, you know, a couple of months, they can finish it out with dignity and and be have as good of an attitude about it as possible thank their coaches and then move on you know they can move on they can <laughs> yeah. try something else right you know um i mean people are going to laugh at me but i would say the one difference is uh you know things like there are certain things like playing an instrument or learning a new language that like you have to stick with for the long haul. Oh, yeah. So I remember people coming to me. I used to teach classical voice and some piano, and they say, well, you know, I'm just going to let my kid try it and see what he thinks. And I would just stop them and be like, here's what they're going to think. They're not going to like it. Right. Because they're going to be terrible. <laughs> and they're not going to be good years. at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like violin. Like I feel like that's, uh, that's an instrument that mm. kids shouldn't be allowed to play until they're already yeah. good at it. Because the process of getting listening to, the, to them for all of those years yeah. until they're good at it is so painful oh. i mean the saxophone yeah. hello oh my gosh but yeah. there are some things that it's like if you're not going to commit to it long term you absolutely are not going yeah to learn mm-hmm. it at all but there's a lot more things in life where we can make those we can keep those short-term commitments yeah get through them and then learn a lot of, um, in the process so mm-hmm. Okay, number six on our list of suggestions for getting the most out of organized sports is to encourage all of the kids on the team, not just your own child. So when Mm -hmm. you're there on the sidelines or in the stands, learn the different players, learn their numbers. I remember sitting there, one of the things that one of the moms did on the lacrosse team that I found so helpful, and I thanked her for this every year, was that she, because there's a lot of players on a a Mm -hmm. lacrosse team, like a lot, a lot. There's a lot on the sidelines Mm -hmm. there's a lot on the field at once um so she made a roster with the numbers and the girls' names. Yeah. So that we could learn who the different players were and we could cheer for everybody. Oh that's awesome. Um, I always cheer for I'm always like the one uh, cheering for the other team and the parents are like are you cheering for I'm like that was a really that good dunk really or not dunk <laughs> attempted dunk attempted dunk <laughs> yeah. but they're nine year olds they're not awesome. dunking but yeah they're like who are you cheering for I'm like all the good plays all I cheer for all plays. the effort <laughs> yeah. yes exactly well we can encourage all the kids even if we don't encourage the kids on the other team at least the kid, <laughs> yeah. all the kids on our yes. team make them feel and welcome yeah. yeah and get to know them learn mm-hmm. their strengths and their you know in your mind you're kind of noticing when something that they haven't been great at they're working on they're mm-hmm. they're trying to get better at a certain skill i think we can really encourage them yeah. yep absolutely suggestion number number seven is be sensitive to the kids who don't have a lot of support from their fa- parents um, there might be single parents or they have multiple kids and they're just busy so they're not able to attend mm-hmm. you know 
the, the games or practices and so offer to give rides and get to know the kid or take them out to ice cream invite their parents to come along we we've done this a few times and i'm grateful when there's something that we can't make and you know it takes yeah, a village it can be reciprocated yeah, yeah everyone by another parent right hop in and help each other out and that kid just feels more connected to the team and doesn't feel like an outsider yeah Yes. I also think paying attention to um, kids on the team who may have some financial yes. hurdles. Yeah. Um, I always like when when there's just sort of an anonymous scholarship fund. So mm-hmm. we've actually started this um, for a couple of the teams that our girls have played on yeah. because, you know, cost can be a huge barrier even to playing right. a sport at a public school. Right. That, you know, wasn't even a varsity sport. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it. It can be costly for new equipment and for things like that. So we always kind of would put our heads together and say, like, how can we, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe put together an equipment bank that people can draw from or or a fund that can pay for clinics or things for certain players that maybe they couldn't yeah. do otherwise yeah that's a great idea we did a tournament a couple of weeks ago and i knew some of the kids were getting rides and getting dropped off so me and a few of the other moms were like hey let's i don't want kids to be show up and not have food you yeah. know no one plans ahead when they're 10 not have food right. not have their parents there not have yeah. money so we made like 20 you know peanut butter and jellies yeah. a bunch of cuties and we just kind of set them all out on the mm-hmm. table we're like help yourself to whatever now some yeah. kids didn't touch it because their parents were there but the kids that didn't have anyone there were so grateful and yeah. i was like oh that's just so just thinking outside of your own child right um, thinking of the needs of the whole team of the whole team i love that i love that the number seventh tip or suggestion that we have oh i'm sorry eight is um if your kids are on a winning team remind them that humility should be their ongoing attitude um, it is like the worst i think when you see a kid just like gloating in their victory or you know taunting or being in the other kid's face um uh, i i love this saying you can control two things your attitude and your effort and sometimes you're just not that athletic Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been that in that boat. I tried out for basketball in high school. Day one, they were like, yeah, it's just, well, you're sorry. not, let's you're just, not your sport. Yeah, yeah, go do something else. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but so sometimes you just don't have, but you can control how much effort you're putting out there and, and what kind of attitude you're portraying to the team. So we have this five-year-old uh, son who will remain anonymous, but he watches a lot of NBA, whatever. He's watching his older brother play sports. And now he's, you know, doing like the rec center basketball and he's very athletic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, good for him. Whatever. You know, we're cheering everyone on. And every time he makes a basket, he he's counting and he looks up in the stands and he holds up his fingers. Eight baskets. Yeah. (laughs) Nine baskets. Whoa. And I'm like, share the ball. Pass the ball. You're a ball hawk. Right. Because it's all about him. He's like this little one man show out there. Well, then he does this like good shot he gets it in and uh, it's hard to do over if you can't see me but he does this thing that the nba does where you put them to sleep so he pretended he was putting them to sleep because he was so good he tilted his head he put his little hands next to his face and i'm like oh no you didn't <laughs> so he got out like for water or whatever and my husband marched over there and he was just like i don't ever like you cannot do that that I is never so see you do that again. disrespectful you're basically like 
I am I am the boss of this court. Okay, you are in preschool. You're not that awesome. Like, you are so prideful. And then now he wears all his medals, you know, his participation medals that everybody gets. He wears one every day. He's like, which one you want me to wear? Basketball, softball, whatever he's in. I don't know. I'm like, ew, put those away. <laughs> anyway, we're working on the gloating thing with him because he is just cocky as I'll get out. But that's not because, not because we're telling him he's good. He just... yeah thinks he is well sometimes our kids you know their strengths get pushed to an extreme a little bit <laughs> yes. right and he's confident and that's Oof. good that's Too a strength confident. but yes. it can go to the extreme <laughs> exactly. and we we have to we have to hone their character i mean mm-hmm. that's our job as their parents yeah. and so we have to come alongside them and say hey you can't put people to sleep that's no not nice. well and, and look we don't we don't showboat Right, you exactly. Know, you make the basket. Yep. I want you to be looking around for people you can pass yeah. to. And and maybe one of the ways you can encourage them is is uh you know, do some positive reinforcement and reward them mm-hmm. for some of the skills that you'd like to see them develop. Like right. passing. Yeah. Like every time you pass, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make note of it. And right. if you do, I don't know, come up with some number that yeah. that would be a stretch. And if you do that, then we're going to ice cream after Mm -hmm. the game. You know, things like that where they're learning what is hard for them. Yeah. And for some kids, that may be humility humility, and sharing the ball and being a teammate and that kind of thing. Being a team player. My husband says, okay, you guys need to act like you've been here before. Act like you've been there. If you're really that good, you shouldn't be (laughs) over. If your kid gets to the NBA and they want to showboat as part of the entertainment value Ugh, that the so NBA provides. I, know, I, still, I, I know. still hate it. You know, those are the players we yeah. all love to hate, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. At yeah. that level, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah. our five-year-old. You yeah. know, your five-year-old <laughs> on his rec basketball team. Like, come on, kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get in line. For sure. Yeah, get in line. Ugh. You're not Dennis Rodman. <laughs> T- to throw it way back, right? I love that. I loved Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so um, I think the kind of the last um, example of of really getting the best out of organized um, sports would be kind of go to the other direction. If your kids are on the losing team, don't criticize the coach. You know, don't get into kind of a a drama cycle where mm-hmm. you know you're talking to the other parents or you're yeah. dis- you're disparaging the the um, you know, the coach or the assistant coach or the refs or whatever, just learn to win graciously yeah. and learn to lose graciously. Yeah. Because both things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, and... Uh, and you uh, win, you lose... Sorry, I can't even talk. You learn more, I would say, from losing. Yeah. So if you're winning all the time, you don't know how to face adversity. You don't right. know what it feels like to have to pull yourselves up and be like, okay, wow, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> right. right. So there is a lot to be learned in in losing or having challenges. And I think as we, if we point that out to kids, instead of teaching them to have a critical or negative spirit, um, that will serve them well in the long run. Yes. Um, one other thing you just reminded me of is thanking the coach. I was just listening to a podcast and um, David Thomas, he's an author and he, he has written a bunch of great books, but he says he used to go to Chipotle buy a hundred dollars worth of um, gift cards, $10 each in $10 yeah. increments. And every time he would 
be around one of his kids coaches he would just say you know for a season not like every time but hey i just i really appreciate what you're doing here's a ten dollar burrito on me for yeah. chipotle or starbucks or wherever just thanking the coach or having your kids think that or write a thank you note doesn't right. you don't even have to buy a gift card you could i made my son write thank you notes to his football coach one year at the end of the season and yeah. I kind of forgot I did that. I should do that again. But um, <laughs> anyway, that coach, he came out and he's like, that was the nicest thing. I have Aww. nobody said thank you to me. Like no one gave me anything. I didn't expect anything. But the fact that he wrote a note was it was so meaningful. I'm like, oh, that's Aww. all it took. This was yeah. a good reminder for myself to force my kids to do that again. But just having right. a heart of gratitude. Of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you know, coaches play a really important role in yeah. our lives, not just, at, you know, for the sports value and learning specific athletic skills but learning life skills and I know a lot of people who you know would point to their coaches as right. somebody who made a big impact in their life mm -hmm. and you know these are not people who went on to even play in college or uh, for sure not play in in you know a uh, professional league but they look back on their life and they they remember yeah. a coach that they had who had an impact on them who came alongside them when they were going through something hard and, mm -hmm. and could encourage them. They were a person who they could confide in. And this is the role that these people play in, yeah. in our kids' lives. And so it's important that we thank them and set mm -hmm. that example. And then, like you said, you're teaching your boys. They're young. They, you know, kids don't come out of the womb with this sense <laughs> of gratitude and and how to act and knowing, mm -hmm. oh, I should write thank you notes. Like that is not a thing mm -hmm. that kids think we have to teach them to do that and facilitate that in them and so I think that's a really great bonus tip is to show that gratitude and um, and always leave try to leave the season on a great note no mm -hmm. matter what happened in that season yeah I think it's just a great idea to not burn bridges with people and right. to have those good relationships so that, um, you know, maybe your kid needs a letter of recommendation for a job mm -hmm. or a college or whatever. They've got people in their life that they can go to and ask for those things. Yep. And sometimes um, other people's voices are louder than yours when your kids are yes. adolescents. And yeah. we will tell our boys stuff and they won't listen or hear it. And then they will hear something from a coach and it, yeah. and it it's just like registers in them. And so right. I think it's so important, especially... I think girls can connect a little bit better with friends and stuff, but for boys to have coaches that they can look up to and have other strong men in their life yeah. um, is, is really big for, for boys to develop that, um, you know, emotional intelligence, how to communicate, yeah. how to have someone to emulate as an adult. So. Yeah, I, I think that's so true because... Um, you know, they, they really can act as a reinforcement for us yeah. in a unique way. Mm -hmm. And God has put those people in our kids' lives for a reason. And so mm -hmm. um, I love that. And, and I, I love that, um, you know, team sports and sports and athletics provide this rich, rich kind of um, training ground, breeding ground for character in our kids. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really after. Uh, it's it's about that end game. And, and yeah. so all of these tips that we shared with you today are from our resource called Raising Kids for True Greatness. It's available in our online store, on Amazon, anywhere you buy books. It's by Dr. Tim Kimmel. And the book really focuses on kind of keeping the end, the major end goals in mind with our kids. Because it's really easy to get caught in the weeds when they're young, when we've got so much going on, we're so overwhelmed 
overwhelmed, we forget we're raising future adults sometimes mm-hmm. and what what our vision is for them as adults. And so I think this resource really can help us as parents to um, keep that end in mind. And then it gives a lot of great practical tips. I mean, this top 10 list, there's, I think... And there's 10 top 10 lists, I think, in this book. So ideas like this for other subjects as well. So we care about you so much. If this podcast has reached you, has touched you, please share it. Uh, Please recommend it to your friends, to your colleagues, anyone who you think it might help. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Uh, That helps other people to find it. It helps it to rank higher so that more eyes can see it. And ultimately, that just helps get the message across and helps more people. So if we can be praying for you, um, please reach out to us at family at gracebasefamilies.com. We would love to... um, pray for you. In fact, today that we're recording, this is a Tuesday. We come together as a staff at Grace Based Families every Tuesday. We all sit around our boardroom table with usually with some snacks and um, and uh, some coffee and tea. And we love to just pray for the people who have reached out to us that week. We lift your name before the Lord and we really do genuinely um, care for you. And so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.